0: Thank you for us having the voice to worship your name. Thank you for the, us, many of us having the ability to stand and glorify you. Many of us still having breath in our lungs to worship you. And as we continue to do that, may your name be glorified in everything. Thank you for the brother and sister sitting to your right our left and the friendships that they've made or the family that they made. We thank you for all that you've given us. May we glorify your name by our praise to you and by our action. We love and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. It is Family Sunday, so we will have the kids staying here. But if you have a kid in the nursery, we do have the nursery open at this time as well. It is good to see many of you. Uh, Many of times right now, uh, hilarity happens because I call the kids up and stuff goes haywire. But I'm going to do it a little bit different today kids, I know you can t- talk, but I want the adults to be partake in this as well. Uh, I want you to basically say something. Now, usually when kids come up here, our youth events, I have everyone go through and talk. So I'm not going to make every one of you talk, but I do want you guys to say, what are you thankful for to God? What is something that you are thankful for? And I want you to have the opportunity right now to say it out loud. And so many times we hear from here but it, we're a community of believers we're we're in this together what are you thankful for to God church. The church Family, Family. Family. Friends Freedom. Freedom What Songs, Songs. Health God. God a good harvest <laughs> Food Christmas I saw some people really perk up when I heard food. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> In Easter. What else? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Like it. Christmas. All my friends. All my friends. Yep. So, Salvation. All my life, he, has been he has been faithful. Love. Love. Fruit of the spirits. New life. Babies. Jesus. Jesus. What? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Rock. I find it really interesting that kids love this. Why are we as adults so stubborn that we can't call out the fruits of the Spirit? We can't call out and glorify God for all what we've done. Because you know what? We can glorify We are thankful that we have kids. That's why I think sometimes God was like, yeah, you need to be more childlike, kidlike, to glorify his name. That no one cares. Your neighbor doesn't care. You know, these kids don't care. And you know what? I knew this was going to happen. (laughs) I've worked with them long enough. And I love it. Thank you so much for saying Jesus. Thank you for saying the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being passionate about who Jesus is and you know what the shocking thing is most of them are under the age of 10 they haven't seen all of what God has done and I think some of us too we know that on this side of earth on this side of heaven that we know that there's still sin and life can be rough but we're going to finish Revelation 21 and 22 and talk about what a new heaven and a new earth looks like so if you could turn to me with, uh, to Revelation 21 now, we're going to be skipping all over the place. Sorry I do that, but that's what John is doing, John in the scripture. So, like I said, as you're looking up, if you have any kids that you want to go in the nursery, feel free. We have that available. But if not, let's dig into the word. And we're going to start in Revelation 21. We're going to start first with the first point right away. Already, not yet. Already, not yet. This is a common theme that you're going to be hearing as we go through this, that there's, there's this already phase, but we're not yet at total completion. And, and let's d- dive in with Revelation 21, verse 1. It says this, and I'll be reading from the ESV, but uh, feel free to be reading from whatever version. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Um, we've talked a lot in Revelation about the sea. Many, many times. That The ocean, Leviathan, that of chaos. Okay, That of an enemy, that of death. And it says in Revelation 21 that there will be no more sea. There will be no more chaos. There will be no more enemies. There will be no more death. That this is what's happening as you see this as for the first time there's a new heaven, new earth, and there's this, going to be this passing way, and the sea was no more. Let's continue. Verse 2, it says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, From God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. This is a callback right back to the Old Testament, to God's throne room. To his dwelling, to, to, his, to his home. And so many times we talked, even in Sunday school, about what is uh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where God dwelled. Why is John talking about this? this is where God's dwelling place, this is where he came in the Old Testament. Let's look back uh, at Ezekiel 43, 7. Ezekiel 43, 7 says this. And he said to Me, son of man, this is the place, my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the people of Israel forever. And the house of Israel shall no more defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings by their whoring or by their dead bodies of their kings at their high places. John is talking about a new heaven and a new earth, and a new Jerusalem, the holy city, God's dwelling home. And many people get caught up, or distracted in the fact that people believe that there will be a physical temple. And we will discuss this in a little bit, but I want you to know the answer right from the beginning. That Jesus, the Lord, is the temple. The temple of his body. It is actually more than literal. It's the presence of God back with his people. This is what I'm talking about, the already, not yet kind of language. Because we think about it, the Holy Spirit is already with us, right? If we are a believer, we accept we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And the church is already together. But the not yet part is that, that... The 1,000% has not fully been developed in the sense that sin has not been eradicated. It has not been taken out from this earth. The sea, the chaos, the evil has not gone through the fire yet. As we look into, because it even states in Revelation, skip just a little bit to verses 22 and 23. It says this in Revelation And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. We don't have to go to the temple because God's already there. God has already filled all of the presence. God has already taken everything. God's presence is there. We are with him. That's why when I ask, what are you thankful for? What are you, what are you doing? We can look at these moments and know we will be in the presence of God. That God is with us, that we are in his family, that we are in his divine family. Revelation 21, 4, as we continue going through it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, no pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. What words of encouragement? What words of joy? And like always, this is call back to Isaiah 65 and Isaiah 25. Isaiah 65, 17 through 19 says this. As that follows up with Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. John is calling back. Like, do you know that death will be swallowed up forever? This is not, hey, death will be gone for a while. This is, hey, uh, tears will be taken away for a while. This is not, no, death is swallowed up. God is making a promise. God is the one that delivers. And he's given it to all believers, the Jews and the Gentiles, that those that put their trust, their believing loyalty in Jesus Christ, that death, And tears will be no more. And the church is the body of Christ. And when it is go time, and by that I mean when it is go time, when Jesus, as we've read through Revelation, it is time to to bring the new heaven and earth. it It is on. The birthing pains are no more. We've talked about that. The birthing, the crack. The the divide, no, it is is go. And either you will be with God or you will not be. And it's all a callback to the beginning of the Bible where God walked with Adam. And that leads to point number two, God's home. We're going to be reading a little bit of Revelation 21, 9 through 21. And this, a lot of people are like, oh, I get confused a little bit here. And and I'm going to jump just a little bit, but it says here, it says, we'll start in verse 9. "Then Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. It's radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the son of Israel that were uh, inscribed. We're going to jump down to uh, when we talk about the, the jewels here. And it says this, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third was agate, the fourth was emerald, the fifth, onyx, the sixth, carnelium, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, beryl, the ninth, topaz, the tenth, chrysophase, the eleventh, jassith, the twelfth, amethyst. Those were fun to say. Uh, The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the streets of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So, I know I skipped just a little bit, but I want you to think about what is happening here. First, what is happening, the high mountain, that is what many people would know as the cosmic mountain, where God's rest, God's home, it should be ringing alarms of Eden. That of the bride, it is coming full circle. And it's not just coming full circle back to Eden, not from Revelation that the ending, that, that God's high mountain is coming back, that Jerusalem is coming back, God's home is coming back, that this is a tight, precise, glorifying circle of God's presence. That God's presence will be back with us. And then if we talk about the gems, many people believe that the gems were that of what the, pe- the priest would wear. It's actually not the same gems. The the gems that are talked about is actually the divine mountain where God dwells. Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 14 verifies this. It says this, Son of man, raise lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, anox, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and buckle, and crafted in gold were your setting and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed garden and cherubim. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walk. This is a beautiful callback to where God's dwelling place is, where God's, the callback to it. Have any of you seen a movie that, like, at the end of the movie, it brings you back all the way back to the beginning? You're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, it makes perfect sense. I was going to play this movie, but I had to stop because I have played way too many Batman movies So I can't do the echo. I like Batman. Sorry. It's who I am. But at the end of the Dark Knight trilogy, okay, Batman is there. And what has happened is there's a nuclear bomb going to go off. And it's attached to his helicopter. So he's going to go. And it's basically a mission where he's going to take it. And he's got to take it out to the water. And it's going to explode. And he, everyone knows that there's a good chance he's not going to make it. So what happens is he's going there, and basically Commissioner Gordon comes up to him at the very end, and he says these words. He goes, I've never cared about who you are underneath the cow, but I sort of want to know. I sort of want to know. Like, I've never cared, but I know this is, this is it. Now, Batman... Doesn't really give it away, but he leaves a little tease. Because if you know anything about Batman, you know his real name's Bruce Wayne. And when he was a little kid, his parents passed away. His parents passed away. They were they were murdered. And so he calls back and he goes, he goes, every little action, every little action even if it's an action as small as putting a a coat on a small boy who lost everything, changes the world. And then you see Batman take off. And then all of a sudden you see that flashback scene to one of the first scenes in the trilogy movie, and it flashes back to Commissioner Gordon putting the coats over Bruce Wayne, and it makes sense. It's like, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, and like everything then, like, clicks and it all makes sense and it all goes. This is what's happening here. It all is making sense. It's all calling back to Eden. It's all calling back to being in the presence of God. It is all calling back that this is a new heaven. It's a new earth that we are going back into the presence and being with him fully. Not in a place where we're not there fully, where it's there that we can't be with him all the time. No, God's presence will be there to the fullest extent. Let's just look at some of the examples that we look at, uh, and I'm going to just throw out a few, few uh, uh, verses for you. Genesis 1.1 1, 1 says that basically heaven and earth are created. In Revelation 21, verse 1, there's a new heaven and new earth. In Genesis 1.16, the sun is created. In Revelation 21.23, there's no need of sun. Genesis one five night is established in Revelation twenty two five. There's no night. Genesis 1.10, the sea is created. Revelation twenty one one. There's no more sea. Genesis twenty two verse three the curse and then in verse twenty one verse four death enter in Genesis. In Revelation twenty one there's no more curse and there's no more death. Genesis three. 24, man is driven from the tree. And in Revelation 22:14, 14, man is restored to paradise. And in Genesis 3, 17, sorrow and pain begin. In Revelation 21, 4, there are no more tears and no more pain. What we are doing here is we are calling back to what we were called to, to be in a family relationship with God and the divine and who they are. And it is a callback from Revelation all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. And that is why John is calling us to know what the Old Testament is about, to be in the presence of God. And this even continues as we read in Revelation 22, verse 1 and 2. It says this, Then the angels showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystals flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the tree, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Genesis 2.10 verifies this. It says, "A river flowed out of Eden to the water of the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The moving water, just so you know, is not stagnant water. A moving water is that of life, that of the Holy Spirit. This is a callback to the fact that the moving water comes from the source of life. And the only place that you can get the source of life is is where God is, where God is. You cannot get the source. That is a beautiful TV. I like the TV. I could have that in my basement. It does nothing if it's not plugged in. Nothing. Nothing. And there are so many people in the world right now that are not plugged into the source. They're plugged into false sources, false idols, false gods. And that's what we continue to look and we actually celebrate in our culture today. This is a callback that we have to be connected to the source. And what is so beautiful is that when a new heaven and new earth come, there's no way we cannot be connected to the source. That is awesome. Because right now, there's so many people that could, oh, I want to go away. We still sin, we still fall. No, their death will be swallowed up. Sin will be swallowed up. There will be no more. We will be connected to the source. How beautiful is that? let us not be stagnant but be connected to the moving water and we talked about it. there even talks in revelation there will be trees of life and it's 12 kinds of fruit it's it's a callback to to the to the tree of life at the beginning Ezekiel 4712 echoes this the Old Testament and the New Testament just becoming one it says and on the banks on both sides of the river there will be grow all kinds of tree for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. What a beautiful imagery that we will be in the presence of God. That we will be connected to the source, that of the moving water, that of the living water. As we continue to go through Revelation 22, it, talks, it continues to talk about what I just talked about. That of not worshipping angels, not worshipping idols, and worshipping God alone. And I, I do want to hit on one other thing. It says, and at the end of Revelation, it talks about not adding or subtracting to Scripture. Now, many people, some have gone and said, hey, we're only going to use the NIV version or the King James version. That's not what it's talking about here. It is talking about do not change the word of God. Do not deceive the word. Do not lie about the word. And if you look in our culture today, we see many people changing the word of God to fit their desires, their wants. And woe to them. And here's the thing, woe to me if I do the same. We can't change the Bible to fit our desires. We must change. So we bow our knee to the desires of God's word. Revelation is the ultimate example of the New Testament and Old Testament being connected. This is why it's so great to know in your Old Testament, and that's why I'm so excited in 2024 we're going to dive into the Old Testament. And I want you guys to to wrestle with this. Revelation is used so much out of fear and worry and unknown, and I beg to differ. It actually leads back to what we've known all along that God will be victorious, that God will be with his people, that God is going to prepare a place for us, That God and that place is going to be a new heaven and a new earth where we are in God's family. We are in his divine family because we have the spirit of God with us. This is a book of warning, but it's also a book of joy. And when I say already, not yet, we have the Holy Spirit with us right now. And we can bring heaven down to a fallen and broken world where people need the true gospel. So many of us are waiting for that day like, oh, I'll wait till one day God comes down. No, we are, we are on mission. We are to bring heaven down because the Holy Spirit's in us. Because we walk as a temple. If we're used to the temple, wow, that's cool. <laughs> God really wants you to hear this. But if we are walking with the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to be living as a light to the world. Not our light. We're reflecting Christ's light. We are reflecting it, and we get to show that right now to people. And I know many of us, we want Jesus to come quickly. John the writer even wrote about that a few times, wanting Christ to come quickly. And many of us believe, well, it's been 2,000 years. When is this going to happen? Well, in 2 Peter... Verse, or chapter 3, verse 1 helps indicate why. Because God wants to give this world, this sinful world, an opportunity to repent and be saved for eternity. That's why us believers need to seek and share the gospel to the lost. So that they too can go back to Eden. So that they too can partake in the tree of life. So that they too can eat of the fruit. That they too can drink of the living water. I like how Wiersbe wraps it up. He says the true understanding of Bible prophecy should both motivate us to obey God's word and to share God's invitation with a lost world. Revelation wraps up right where it goes back to the beginning of Genesis. That's of Eden, of God walking with Adam. As we call back and we look back. And here's the thing, many of us, we know our friends, we know we have lost ones, we know that that do not walk with God. Do we pray for them? Do we seek after them? Do we share the gospel with them? Not because, oh, look what I've done. No, because we know where we're going. I'm going to have the band and Brad come up here in a second and pray. But we're going to be doing a baptism. I, I love it. And I open it up all the time. And if you want to, you can. Brad's going to be talking, praying, and then you can talk to him if you're like, God's put it on my heart. But I think so many times when we, we look at this, like, what a beautiful example to publicly declare to the physical world, but also the spiritual world that this is where my believing loyalty lies. I'm putting my faith, my trust, my hope into Jesus Christ and him alone. How beautiful that is, that, that we are becoming anew. We are becoming new by, by this, that when I have accepted Christ now, I do not no longer live in a sinful way. I no longer live for myself, but I live for Christ. And that's what you get to see here in the next couple of minutes. So as the band comes up and as Brad's going to come up and pray, I want you to have a time of prayer and a time of, of thinking of where you're at, but also to glorify God and thank God as, as we continue to li- dive into Revelation, as we continue to wrap up Revelation of this time, is, is how we know where God has directed us in our own lives.